This is Up For A Chat with your hosts, Cindy O'Meara and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I'm Kim Morrison. And boy, do we have a very special guest on the show with us this week. Cindy and I have questioned a lot from political angles. What does it mean? How does it all work? Who are the people that are really making a difference? And one particular soul who has stood out hugely to us is the incredible Senator the amazing Malcolm Roberts. Welcome to the show, gorgeous. Thank you very much. Oh, if I can, if you can call me gorgeous, I'm happy to call you gorgeous as well. <laughs> Beautiful smile, both of you. You must have uh, something really going on there. Very, very nice to see. Uh, thank you very much for the introduction and for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Cindy and I have been really interested in all of the things that you do. You have a very colourful history and a very interesting one. Perhaps you wouldn't mind taking the listener back to where it all began for you and the journey it's taken that's led you into the position that you're in today. Okay. Well, I was born in India in 1955. My mother was Australian. My father was Welsh. Uh, we came to Australia when I was seven so that uh, we could get a better education. My sister and brother were both born in India as well after I was. Um, we lived in the Hunter Valley, Newcastle area, central Queensland. Um, I then uh, did, a, did a mining engineering degree, graduated with honours with, with that. And then I decided, Kim, that I'd better go and learn something. So I worked as a coalface miner underground for uh, one, one surface mine, but the rest were all underground in various parts of the country because mining is it depends extremely on uh, practical experience and people experience. And I, I loved working underground because you're in a small team of people, say seven to ten people, um, and, and you're independent and autonomous, but you have to get on with each other. Then I went over to uh, America and worked for a very large coal company, the largest in the world, and then worked for the second largest in the world. Uh, and then what did I do after that? I That's right. I did what Australians do so well. I went broke traveling around North America and Canada and Mexico um, for about 15 months and sold my car, bought a plane ticket home, uh, and then worked my way through the ranks, became a mine manager at a very young age. I think I was 28 um, then after a few years of that, I turned around a few mines, um, and, and the, the secret to that was just working with people, being firm and, and being disciplined, but working with people. So that, that's the key to everything from what I can see. Um, and, and then I decided I was tired of the bean counters running, running the show. So I went to the United States and did an MBA at the university of Chicago and I had a few job offers in the States and got headhunted back to Australia to head up a very large um, a coal mine which w- in which we set many new leadership uh, practices and innovations, very, very successful. And then I went out and worked on my own uh, and with my wife as a consultant for v- various companies here and overseas. And then Pauline Hanson heard me speak and said, would I like to um, run for her, run with her on a, on a ticket for the Senate. And then I got into the Senate and that's like swimming in treacle. So now I'm learning everything new again. What what was Pauline Hanson listening to when she asked you to run for the Senate? Because um, I, I believe it was on something that was quite controversial. It was about climate change mm. because, because I, as I call it, um, Cindy, it's climate fraud. There's no, there's no evidence that backs up the claims. It's an entirely politically driven thing. It's it's same as all the other things that the UN and the World Economic Forum are pushing. It's there to get control over people and to transfer wealth. That's all they're about. Uh, and and she knew, she's a very very intelligent person, um, and and she's got a ton of guts, and she just knew it was bullshit. So she called it out. But she she also makes decisions and and statements on facts. So she so she listened to geologists, scientists, farmers, people who are in touch with what's going on naturally, and, and they all said it's rubbish. So when I came along and had the science to back it up, um, she just jumped on it. I was looking at all of your uh, information that um, you have something to say on, and it's. I, I know we're not going to go through everything, but I want people to go to your website, which I think is senatormalcolmroberts.com. Am I no, right it's Malcolm, Rob- Malcolm, Malcolm Roberts. 
Malcolm Roberts QLD, Malcolm Roberts QLD, two L's in Malcolm, uh, .com.au. Yeah, I want them to go to it because I think you have some um, incredible information on there. So the things that I saw was you had a, a um, you know, things on COVID, water, energy, climate fraud, as you call it, uh, United Nations, property rights, foreign ownership, Murray-Darling Basin, tax reform, banking, PFA, PFASs. Um, so I'm just blown away by your breadth of knowledge in, in all of these things. And I figured with your mining engineering um, degree and your degree out of um, Chicago that it has created a pretty critical thinker in that in those terms. So could we... Um, First of all, and and please, we're naive. We were asking this to, of each other before we even got there. Could you explain what a senator does for the people? Sure. Um, the way our constitution is set up, and the way our country, our governance is structured, we have two houses of parliament, and it's it's, it's based on. We, we're very very lucky. We've got a, a combination of the American system of Congress, uh, the two houses in Congress, and the British system. Essentially, we have one house, but it, it's got two houses in it an upper house as well but uh, the the british system was set up then the americans came up with a fairly new system and we married the both both the best of both and i used to be um opposed to a monarchy and then i faced the turnbull referendum and i was about to vote yes for a, a republic and then i listened to three high court judges including the chief justice at the time gibbs i think his name was and i just immediately changed my mind and voted to preserve the monarchy. We are a monarchy, but we're a constitutional monarchy. So in a monarchy, um, the king or queen give orders, they run the country. In a constitutional monarchy, the constitution is the top sovereign entity of, of, our, of our democracy, and the king or queen serve the constitution. And so unlike in America where you have a tired old political hack uh, becoming president here, the, the monarch is, is appointed, the head of state is appointed, and it's appointed from a family, which means they've got responsibility, but they haven't got power. Their only powers come from reserve powers from our constitution, which is a wonderful way to do it. It takes, it takes all the political shenanigans out of the, out of the head of state. So I like, like that. Now, the House of Representatives is based on equal-sized electorates, and that's the lower house. That's where most legislation, not all legislation is initiated. That's where the, the, the party that forms a majority in the lower house, they form the government and they have the stewardship of running the, running the country for three years. Now, the Senate, um, when, when, when Australia started, it's important to understand this, when Australia started, there were two powerful states in terms of population. That was New South Wales and Queensland. And between them, they could have ganged up and all the other states and, and just pushed whatever was good for New South Wales and Victoria. So the, the, the smaller colonies, Queensland, Tasmania, population-wise, South Australia and Western Australia, all said, hang on a minute, we need protection here, so we're not going to go in and get hijacked and, and get, our, get our wealth stolen. So they formed the Senate, just like in the United States. And the Senate became the House of Review. And the Senate is also elected um, on a proportional basis. So if you get 30% of the votes in the states, you'll get 30% of the, can 30 of the senators. So it's a much fairer system. Uh, so your individual issues, passing on ideas from the, from the community, passing on the wishes of the community, doing the will of the people, that comes from the lower house. The Senate um, is the house of review and a state's house, supposedly, but it's been corrupted by parties. Parties have corrupted Australian politics, just like American politics, British politics. Um, there was a well-known well French philosopher, Simone Weil, a lady who only, she'd only died about in her 40s, I think, but she wrote a wonderful book called On the Abolition of Parties because she said once you form parties, politicians in the parties put their number one goal as looking after the party and growing the party, not the country. Mm. And so she's absolutely right. So uh, it's been corrupted, but nonetheless, that, that's the way the Senate works. It works as a House of Review. Review. We've got very strong powers for having inquiries and holding people accountable. Uh, but that's weakened somewhat, Cindy, by the fact that the two parties, the two title parties, Labor and Liberal and Nationals, um, gang up. And so then if you want to really know what's wrong with our, with our governance at the moment, it's the fact that the Liberal Nationals and the Labor Party are basically identical in policy. They pretend to argue, they pretend to fight, uh, 
They pretend to call each other out, but their policies are almost identical. And the policies come from the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. And so that's, that's where we've gone wrong. And what, what happens, so now I'll get into some of the frustrations in, in, the, um, in the Senate. As I said, it's like swimming in treacle. It's really, really awkward. The bureaucrats, the politicians gang up to suppress truth. And you and most people think, and, and I used to think, that government decisions, policies, legislation are based on data. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Quite often they contradict the data. And that's what's doing the damage. The number one factor that's, dis- that's destroying our country, crippling our country, is the fact that they contradict the data. They don't make decisions based on data. So that's, that's the first thing in our governance. The second thing in our governance is that we've ceded much of our policy to the United Nations and World Economic Forum. We've been, become lackeys for them. And they're just parasites to get control over people and steal our wealth. So talking about our constitution um, and the referendum coming up, can you um, explain how WEF and United Nations are perhaps involved in this or are they not involved at all? Now, they're involved in this. Um, the term First Nations people came from Canada. That, that's the first thing. It's part of an international push through the United Nations. The United Nations um, Declaration, United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People, uh, under Indigenous, United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, uh, Article 19 says that government must um, not only consider but, but be subservient to the Indigenous people. And what the United Nations is doing with that is they're trying to destroy the control of governments over their own people, trying to subvert that, and they're trying to steal property rights. If you look at native title, the, the native title bill was brought in, in nine, legislation was brought in 1992-93 by Paul Keating, the Labor Party. And a lot of people in Australia, in the, in the cities, think, oh, we gave the, the land back to the Aboriginals. No, we didn't. All that, all that the United and the Native uh, Native Title Act, the preamble is littered with the word Cindy United Nations. Mm. So it's a vehicle for the United Nations. And what the Native Title did was it stole land from the existing owners and then locked it up in land councils. It didn't hand it out to the Aboriginal members of the Aboriginal communities. And if you go to communities, I've been to every Aboriginal community in Cape York uh, and some of the Torres Strait Islands. And I've been to the been to the Cape York ones two or three times. Um, if you go to those communities and in the territory, if you go to those communities and say, "What's your number one problem?" They'll say, "We cannot get access to land." So the the land councils have locked it up, and that's the that's the deliberate ploy of the United Nations. The United Nations and World Economic Forum have se- senior members of both organisations have said that their goal is to put in place an unelected socialist global governance to turn around freedom to turn around. Um, uh, capitalism, which which doesn't exist anywhere in the world now, we've got pretty much socialist everywhere. But um, to get control of the planet, that that the senior people, the, the man who drove the climate fraud was Maurice Strong. He's dead now. He died in 2015. He said he had two aims. One is to put in place an unelected socialist global government, unelected, and the second one was to deindustrialize Western civilization. I mean, what kind of people are these? So that's that's basically what what's going on. So. The United Nations is, in particular, is pushing for uh, the voice. The United Nations is pushing for uh, native title to lock up land. What they're doing with any communist agenda is they destroy families because families are the backbone to welfare and looking after each other. They destroy religion because that gives some people faith. Um, They steal property rights, which were stolen in this country by a liberal government under John Howard in uh, 1997 complying with the UN's Kyoto Protocol. So both the Liberal Party and the Labor Party have pushed Agenda 21, which is United Nations Agenda 21. Since 1992, they've pushed the Lima Declaration, which has destroyed our manufacturing sector since 1975. We used to be independent for just about everything, manufactured, uh, primary production, mining, agriculture. Now we are interdependent, which is, a, which is another word for dependent. So if I'm interdependent with you, means you're dependent on me and I'm dependent on, on you. So what they've do, done is destroyed Australia's independence. We're now dependent on other countries. So it's a very calculated way of doing it. The similar kinds of things are happening in, in Canada, New Zealand, Britain, uh, uh, North America. So it's, it's United Nations push. It's global push. What was the other thing I was going to mention in there? There's something else I was going to mention. I've forgotten. 
ask you, from your point of view and understanding and having lived in different countries and particularly New Zealand, is this referendum anything similar to what New Zealand introduced back in the 90s with the MMP type of situation or is this completely different? I don't know enough about uh, the New Zealand system, um, Kim. I do know that Winston Peters said it's not the way to go because um, it separates people. Uh, what else did he say? I'll see if I can find a quote here. I got a quote from, oh, that's right. He said, you cannot have one group of people speaking, one small group of people speaking for all the the Aboriginals in the country because there's no such thing as, as all of the Aboriginals being the same. I'll see if I can find it. Well, yeah, yeah, he here was he is. very big Any, on that. Yeah, anyone who thinks there is one voice for Aboriginals is insulting. They lack understanding, and and what it does, it guarantees more money for activists. I think that was Winston Peters. Um, but you've got a treaty, the Waitangi Treaty, isn't it? Yes. The Waitangi Treaty was made with the Maoris because when the British arrived, there was a system of land tenure and land rights in your country. The Maoris ran a system, and, and what, what that means is the system meant that my land is my land and I can keep you off it. I can do whatever I want with it. Uh, I can pass it on to my uh, descendants uh, and so on. In Australia, that was not the case with any, any part of the mainland. There was a small cases of it in some of the Torres Strait Islands where they had a land tenure system. But, but Australia, the mainland, there was no such system. So there were, there were so many uh, – indiv- Australia was, was basically in the hands of families or clans or tribes, whatever you want to call them, small groups of Aboriginals, largely, and there was no system of land tenure. So the British could not make a treaty with anyone. There was no, no opportunity to make a treaty. The High Court in 2020 in the Love case ruled that there was no, um, no, no what is it, uh, sovereignty for Aboriginals after 1788. So the purpose of the voice is to set up an entity which can then make a treaty. And Albanese himself has admitted that in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Northern Territory. He's admitted it in various other uh, places as well. The chief proponents of the, um, of the voice have admitted that it's all about treaty. But then when the people started to wake up, they went silent on that. And, and one of the most disturbing things about this whole voice campaign, Kim, is that they've never given us details. They want us to change the constitution. They've never given us details. And the people are saying, go to hell. We're not interested in, in, uh, in something that's not got the details. And what they've done is a very insulting process. They've said, just go with the vibe. Do what's good for people. But they haven't given us details. They're treating Australians like mugs. And now we've got Anthony Albanese saying, yeah, it'll probably go down. But if it does go down, I'm going to legislate it. That's like giving the, the people of Australia a big, fat middle finger, you know, um, telling them to go to hell. So... Uh, and, and instead of instead of facts, instead of details, they've had celebrities. I mean, what what is an American basketballer like Shaquille doing here, push, pushing the voice? We've got someone wins a grand final, does a very very good job as a grand final uh, rugby league player, Nathan Cleary. Next day, he's on TV spouting spouting for the voice. We've got celebrities, we've got entertainers, we've got academics, but we haven't got any facts. The whole thing is a sham, and they want they want us to do it on a vibe. And, and people don't realise this, but our constitution, uh, I've already said, is the supreme governing entity of our country. It's the only constitution anywhere in the world, Kim, that in which the people voted for the constitution. So it's a people's constitution. What they're trying to do now is they're trying to add a whole new ninth chapter with three vague clauses to give them basically an open slate, an open check for politicians to put in the details. That will, in essence, change it to a politician's constitution the way it's I- implemented. We, we have got too much trouble in this country that has come from Canberra because we've got too many politicians interfering in too many people's lives on a daily basis. They're destroying our energy, destroying our families, destroying our constitution. I made a list here uh, a couple of months ago. Destroying education, destroying family families, destroying health, destroying economic capacity and energy, destroying the food, lab meat, etc. Property rights being stolen, destroying our money. Industrial relations is no longer looking after workers. It's looking after union bosses and, and big corporations. They've got huge immigration, destroying our housing sector, water, tax, um, censorship bill now look, looking at coming at us. These are all the things that they're, they're meddling in 
and most of them are on behalf of the United Nations. They're destroying our country, not building it. So I feel like you're one of the lone senators out there that I believe is speaking the truth. As soon as you said lab meat, you're my, you know, you're my new best friend. I just think it's the worst food being a nutritionist. So I agree. How 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 do you expect that we can make a change? This isn't even being spoken on in the media. It's all about the yes vote in the media. It's all about, yes, we should be going vegan and having lab meat. Yes, we should be going to wind power and we should be doing solar um, and we should get rid of coal mines, et cetera. So how does one lone voice or you and Pauline Hanson or there's a couple out there, not not many of you, how do we make a difference to what's happening in Australia? I feel like we're in a vortex and I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Well, number one issue is, I'll get to number one issue in a minute, but we've seen a big awakening in the last three, four years over COVID. Mm. Okay, When I first went into the Senate, in my first speech in the Senate, I called for us to exit the United Nations. And that was pretty radical. Um, and I've called for exiting the World Health Organization as a start. Now that's pretty more mainstream. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't look upon me as as, uh, uh, as novel or, or excessive. Yeah. What, what would you say? <laughs> Two heads. <laughs> Weird. Conspiracy theorists, yeah. yeah. I, I put away my, uh, what is it, my um, tinfoil hat. Yeah. Um, but... That, that's woken people up. Mm. Um, I never would have thought just seven years before I said that speech in the Senate, I never would have thought I'd be saying some of the things in the Senate that I said because I was ignorant. Uh, when I started working on the climate scam, the climate fraud, um, I knew from my studies because I, I had to keep people alive underground with with proper fresh air. So I knew the composition of the atmosphere. So um, when they first started talking about uh, this climate fraud, I went, what the hell are they talking about? Carbon dioxide can't do that. Uh, it's just physically impossible. Um, but I thought, who's little old me? Who's little old me to go against the thousands of scientists and the thousands of politicians? And, of course, I then said, well, no, it's just not right. But um, we all tend to sit back and think, oh, who's little old me to do this? So I started talking to a few scientists and I said, damn it, I'm right. So then I, I, me, I won't make a statement unless I, unless I can back it up. So then I did the research myself. Uh, I, I checked the research and I found it was crap. And then I started chasing, the, the, going down the rabbit, rabbit warren to find out where this crap was coming from. It was coming from the United Nations. And then I went further and found out what drove the United Nations. And I found out the United Nations was formed as a crooked, corrupt, incompetent, dishonest body to push for the globalist agenda, for the big corporations, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, etc. Mm-hmm. So once you understand that, it all fits into place. And and the the destru- destruction of our education system is to replace indu- education with indoctrination so that we make people malleable and gullible. Mm-hmm. Then we've also got uh, hideous, inhuman agendas, which, which really piss me off. But things like, you know, gender bending, I mean, that, that is uh-huh. so wrong. And they're distorting children. I mean, many kids have uh, gender dysphoria. It's it's because they're going through a huge uh, stressor, stresses mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally in, in adolescence, and and they're being preyed on by pharmaceutical companies and doctors wanting to lop bits off their bodies and and give put them on drugs, destroy their their ability to to have children in the future, destroy their ability, and of course they don't know what's going on. And then when they get to eighteen, they think. Oh my goodness! I've made a mistake. I've done. Mm. And 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 so then then they they can't be parents. They can't have their own children. Um, and then we start seeing the suicides. But big farmers looking at the moment at three point two billion dollar industry in drugs for for children to perpetuate their their um, their gender change. Of course, you can't change gender. You can just destroy lives. That's all. Then you've got uh, the family law system, the United Nations. That came from the United Nations. So we've, we've got all of this going on, but um, what you'll find is the health system, COVID, was a massive transfer of wealth going through picking up the, the, the areas where the, where the UN globalist parasites make their money. Uh, big Pharma was a massive transfer of wealth. They were the beneficiaries. You've got childhood vaccines, which, um, which we can get into later if you want, but, but I've, I've, got, I've seen the evidence now that 
that shows all of the decreases in deaths due to the childhood um, childhood injuries occurred before the introduction of the vaccines. Hmm. And some without vaccines also had the same thing. So they're not due to vaccines, um, the decrease in deaths. Economic capacity, people are making money, globalists are making money out of converting to wind and solar because of the subsidies that you and I are paying for. Uh, food, lab meat, Bill Gates wants to, wants to uh, come up with uh, lab-grown meat, which is going to be carcinogenic for sure. You can almost guarantee it. Um, Bill Gates was out here, what, February this year? He had a meeting with uh, Albanese, and afterwards they, they said separately um, that the topics were climate, food, agriculture, health, energy. Mm. Well, Bill Gates has got not one qualification in any of those areas, not one, but he's got massive conflicts and interests in all five of them. Mm. So this is what it's about. It's about transferring our wealth and putting us under control. And, and that's nothing new. That's, that's, that's the... Um, been the call for governments for many, many years and for individuals for many, many years, getting control of people. Mm. And I think you're right, people are waking up. I, I look at my dad, like my dad's in was in his 90s when he passed away during COVID in Melbourne by himself, just saying. Um, and I, um, I look at him, he was wide awake in the 50s. So when we were born, it was very much about he wouldn't give us any medications unless it was a life-threatening situation. That's different. No medications, no needles, no nothing. So he was awake back then. And then I brought my kids up the same way. My grandbabies are still being brought up, are being brought up that same way. And I look at the health of our family. I kind of, I look at it and I go, nobody wants to study us. No one wants to see, you know, what's happening. I look at um, the food that we consume, we don't consume any ultra-processed foods. We grow all of our own foods on our farm. And I just think they're not interested in no. the people that are doing well. They're only interested in the people like transgender or very sick people or cancer patients or it just, and, and COVID. COVID to me was just the biggest um Sham, I guess. That's how I felt. I don't know if I should be saying this on our podcast. But you just I did just, and you're right. Yeah, I just felt like we never wore masks. We did everything. Again. Well, I've always done everything against the government when it comes to dietary guidelines, so I kind of went, well, they've never been good with health. So what makes me think they're going to get good now? So I just... Well, you're on the right, you're on the right track because um, Big Pharma's business model is to create drugs that'll, that'll make you sick and then sell you more drugs to make you better again, but that just creates an, another symptom. Um, I, I had a very bright... My mother had a very bright cousin from North Queensland, um, Charles. What's his? Anyway, he's dead now. Dead, died long ago. He was so bright that, that the the Americans bent the rules to give him citizenship almost immediately. He arrived in America. They took him over there to work on the defense early warning system. Uh, you know, because the Russians had missiles pointed over north over north uh, over Canada into the USA. So he worked on that, and he became an American citizen. And he told me I, I met him once, and and he told me. He was, he was sick and he was popping one pill for something and another pill for, for the, the side effect, another pill for the different side effect. And he said one day, he said, well, to hell with this. I'm going to do my own research. I'm intelligent. And he mm. tossed the whole damn lot away and started taking up vitamins and started eating. No, no processed foods, no junk food. Mm. And, and that was it. You know, So we have been conditioned to eat crap because it, it makes us sick. And then they can sell us a drug to make us better. How can we change this? Is it a ground well, that, root that, thing or are we going to do it from top level? Are we going to have to start at the bottom or can we do it with you? How about you become Prime Minister? I think I'd really, I'd vote for you. <laughs> well, there's no vote for Prime Minister in this country. The Prime Minister is the leader of the majority party in the lower <laughs> house, but thank you anyway. Um, so so there, there are two things. One is, is to do what you're doing. Spread the news because mm. that's extremely important. The mouthpiece media is owned by the same people who own BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, et cetera. So we can't get anything from the mouthpiece media. So the, that's why I'm coming onto your show because we've got to spread the news through independent podcasters, independent uh, news, truth-seeking, truth truth-pushing, and truth-telling, um, and freedom-loving. So that we've seen a huge increase in the independent media now mm -hmm. as a result of COVID. So that's one thing. Secondly, everyone doing their own research. I mean, you've done your research. You, you've had a blessed with a wonderful dad who's, who's opened your eyes and now you're doing that to your grandkids which is wonderful so share the information with family share the information with friends with um, work colleagues social colleagues 
um, and then also vote for minor parties that are thinking along the same lines and that are that are willing to stand up and be counted. I mean, Pauline's got more balls than than most of the men in Parliament. You know, she's got she just tells it like it is. Um, people think that Pauline loves an argument. She doesn't. She doesn't like an argument. But there's one thing that she hates even more, and that is that is walking away from the truth. She will absolutely. She she and I are just compelled to tell the truth. Then the then the other thing is, in addition to voting for um, the minor parties, not the two two major parties. Uh, is to become candidates, become volunteers, become scrutineers, hand out how to vote cards, etc. So spread the word and vote, and hold your politicians accountable. Well, we've now got a, a censorship bill coming up. It's called the Misinformation Disinformation Bill. It's pure yeah. crap. What they yeah. want to do is silence us, and again, they're, they're trying to silence people like you, independent podcasters. They're trying to silence individuals. The people exempt from the Misinformation Disinformation Bill are the mouthpiece media. And the government. Now, the government and the mouthpiece media were the biggest dispensers of, of misinformation and disinformation during COVID, during climate, uh, the climate fraud, and so many things. So they're exempting them and, and trying to nail us. So that means on, on these issues, on COVID, on the lack of a royal commission for co- into COVID uh, mismanagement and deceit, people need to call, go and visit, turn up at their the the offices of their house, uh, their representatives in the House of uh, Representative and their senator to just turn up and say, I want a meeting and keep coming back. Um, telephone them personally uh, and keep trying until you get through. Write to them, not with emails. They, they're useless. Write to them with letters, hand-signed, handwritten, typed. It doesn't matter, but sign them and, and tell them they work for you. I mean, you're a citizen of Australia. You pay my salary. I work for you. That's my job, to listen to you and to then be a voice for you, whether I disagree with you or I agree with you, doesn't matter. I've got to be a voice for you. Mm. So that we, asking here, the, the citizens at the top of our country, they're the only ones who can change the, the uh, constitution, the governing entity of our country. So that means they're in charge and they literally are in charge. But what's happened, Cindy, is we've gone and fallen asleep. We haven't held the politicians accountable. Now the politicians are working for the big corporations. Sorry, Kim. No, sorry. I wanted to just ask you, they... You brought up BlackRock and Vanguard just recently, and I'm curious. Uh, I read somewhere again, not sure if it's true, but they stand on being worth 20 trillion, if not already. It seems to be money is what governs our world, our ego, our our identity. That the more money we have, even even as individuals, we seem to liken that to success. How is this monopolization of our world under a massive conglomerate like these big wealth transference people, how do they sleep at night? And how on earth do you think us mere mortals are ever going, and I say mere mortals with love, not degradants, but how on earth do we keep showing up when this conglomerate of wealth is ruling the world? Stop buying, stop buying the mouthpiece media. That they they go broke, okay. We don't listen to them, so don't don't use them. Uh, you said you, that they liken dollars to success. Um, what, what I'd say, in in my experience, uh, and I've done a bit of work on myself. And I've been married. I am married to the same woman for thirty two years, oh. and sometimes it's it's uh, pretty challenging, as you know, with a marriage. Um, and we've got kids, and that's that's the biggest. Um, uh personal growth is personal growth process there is having kids we start to see see what happens and how, how we influence um and we start seeing how we want to control our kids to, to various extents right and sometimes it's subtle and you go i can't believe i just said that you know it's it's wrong um and and so we then change what we what we're doing to our kids but the issue is not left versus right or money versus poverty the issue is control versus freedom that's what I believe, and and that that control, that battle for control versus freedom, is within each of us. Mm. It's between two of us. It's between uh, groups of us. It's between nations, and that's what causes war. So it's all about control versus freedom, in my view. Now the big big companies, uh, the people who pull, push the buttons and, and pull the reins in the big companies, they are probably control freaks. We know that we have an inordinate number of control freaks, proportional control freaks amongst the chief executives of the major corporation. We, we know that. We know that the same applies to politics. So we're getting the wrong people in, into this. Um, 
I, I think we've also got to be very mindful of something else, and that is that humans are wonderful. So um, you would both be, I'm, I'm sure you're not perfect, but, but you'd both, we could count on you to tell the truth. We could count on you to, to care for people. You can count on most people in, in the world uh, to care for animals, to care for the environment, to care for people. And I mean that sincerely. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you wouldn't be here right now, Kim, if someone hadn't cared for you when you were about that long, right? You pop out of, out of your mum, just like I popped out of my mum, and we were completely helpless, completely helpless. Uh, you know, a, a foal comes out of a mare, and within half an hour it's up, it's shaking around, and in half an hour it's cantering because that's how it evolved because it would have been eaten on the plains if it couldn't do that. But you and I, we're vulnerable for years, totally dependent. So I know that even though your parents may not have been perfect, I know that someone cared for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. The evidence is you're here, right? So humans are wonderfully caring, and the people who do the best job of caring, of course, their kids survive, so their genes get passed on. That's why humans are caring because we know it. And, and what we've been told is a pack of lies. We've been told that humans are greedy, rapacious, uncaring, irresponsible, unkind, complete fabrication. And what they're saying is uh, we need to protect humans, uh, so vote for the government. Now, the government is made up of humans. See the illogic in it? But that's what the globalists are saying. The humans are destroying the planet with climate change. Humans are destroying the planet with, with um, not wearing masks. Humans are destroying the planet because they won't get an injection. Humans are destroying the planet because they won't inject their children with, with the toxin. So they're saying all of this thing, and so people scurry along. And because when it comes to fear, I mean, we're, we're so, so um, set up. We have got a wonderful ability to reason, to, to think logically. Um, but that can be bypassed by fear, by, be bypassed by emotion. And so what they do is they use fear in many, many ways. And most of the things that they're, they're, they try and instill fear on are invisible. COVID, climate, money, they're all invisible. So what what's really going on, Kim, is in my view, is that we, we, um, we try to control. Now, money doesn't give, doesn't give you much. It gives you an easier life, but if you, if you sell your soul to get it, it's just not worth it. So money is a, is a substitute for control as well. People think they've got more control over their lives if they've got more money. To some extent, that's true, but not over the basics. That, that it comes from within. So um, greed, money, uh, control, they're all manifestations of control, which is always beneath control. Ironically, there's fear. So these globalists are actually afraid. Would you say then, in my humble opinion, no matter how much controversy or conflict there is in our world or judgment or fear, I have a real deep belief that good will always prevail. Do you feel the same? And if so... If that's the case, as humans, as us, there is listening to this podcast, is it best then that we keep showing up as our best selves, caring for ourselves, caring for our community, doing the best that we can, choosing where we put our dollar, honouring the people that are really working? And if we don't want to be the advocates, the vigilantes out the front, get in behind the people who are. Is that what you'd recommend? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Just reinforce what is good in us. Uh, we cannot use their tactics. I won't tell lies in Parliament. I won't tell lies anywhere because that just brings me down to that level. So that destroys my my credibility. It also destroys destroys my inner self, my real self. So um, yeah, just be the best we can be. And and I think we need to remember two um, two things. What were they? Uh, I'm trying to put them together. Needs and forgiven I, I have a mile of things going through my head so um beneath every single action of every single person there's a need that's either not being met and we want it to be fulfilled or it's a need that's being met and we want to perpetuate that that condition so everything we do so uh, al gore is a notorious liar uh, on climate he's a notorious fabricator he's a notorious uh, con man he's the fraudster he's made a lot of money out of this um, but there's a need that's driving him. He doesn't see anything wrong with what he's doing. He's doing what he thinks is best. Now, his documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, it's really a science fiction movie. Um, it, it puts so much crap out there, but he thinks he's on an agenda that, see, we only do what we think is good, whether it's for us or for others. So that's the first thing. So Al Gore, even though I see him as a crook, 
and a fraud, um, he's doing what he thinks is best. So that means we, we then look to what Christ taught us, and that's forgiveness. And the sages throughout, throughout history have talked about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not, in my, my view, it's not saying something like, oh, you, you just hurt me, Kim, but I forgive you. That's blame. Uh, forgiveness is not, uh, you did something unintentionally that hurt me, but I forgive you. That's a bit like blame. Another one is, um, you just did something, Kim, that hurt me, but we're all like that. That's human. That's not forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is no judgment at all about what you just did. Mm-hmm. Protect my life, protect other people's lives, but have no, no judgment, value judgment about what you did. Treat you as, as you are. Try and find the needs under you. It's underneath what's, what you're doing. So that's, that, that's where Christ taught us about grace and compassion and forgiveness. So it's, it's not about punishment. I, I heard a beautiful quote that you might like on forgiveness. Forgiveness is the scent the violet emits onto the heel that crushed it. And when you really scent, look, forgiveness, forgiveness is, the, is the scent the violet emits onto the heel that crushed it. And it's such a beautiful way to honour what it means to notice. I really loved, and I think Cindy and I would agree on this, is that we do know that people, I guess when I asked you before, how do people go to sleep at night? It's because what you just said, they actually do think they're doing the right thing. The people that are creating the science and the research behind giving the things like the vaccine the okay are really thinking that they're doing the right thing. This is humans. We It would be a boring place if we all thought the same. But how do you bring people like that who are actually creating harm in this world, how does someone like you make a difference in a political landscape? Politics is driven by numbers. So if we can swing enough people to get behind us, then we can change what's going on. So I'll give you an example. Um, The Morrison government, the Liberal Nationals, introduced the cash ban bill. The Labor Party said it would support it. We got wind of it and my office and I, what we did was show that to the crossbench senators and they were totally against it. They were, they were on our side. Excuse me. We went to the Greens and, and the Greens, I think, have got some reprehensible in, in, inhuman policies, anti-human policies. That, that's quite clear. But they're, they think they're doing the right thing. They're doing a lot of destruction right across the, the, the gamut, but in some areas they're, they're pretty good. So they worked with us as well. Um, we then went to the Labor Party and said, this, this bill has been introduced in the lower house. For goodness sake, you've got to vote against it. They didn't. They voted for it. It came to the Senate. But in the meantime, what we did was contact some grassroots members of the Liberal Party and the, and the Labor Party. And they were fired up and they put so much pressure on their Liberal members of Parliament and Senators, Labor members of Parliament and Senators, that when it came to the Senate, the bill was sent to a committee to, to, be, to have an inquiry into it. And it just stayed there. And that... And, and what happened was I then moved a motion to, to get rid of it off the Senate list and it, they got rid of it off the Senate list. I, my motion got up. So that was only, wasn't because of me. It yeah. was because of the Liberal Party and Labor Party grassroots members. And that's what politics is all about. So a- a- Anthony Albanese, uh, assuming this, this voice referendum goes down, will have a lot less political power after that. So he'll be more vulnerable and he'll, he'll have to pay more attention to what, what, um, what he does and what he says and be more honest because they've been very dishonest on many areas, um, just like the liberals were. So that's how people can, the power of the people still exists. The power of the people exists in terms of newspapers. Stop buying the mouthpiece media. Listen to the alternative podcasters, the media. And, and you'll notice the Australian, I'd, I'd say Rupert Murdoch is, is more astute than, than most of the, um, the, the other companies in the media. He listens and he makes sure that the Australian presents both sides of an argument. So, so I've got my concerns about him when he retires out of it because his sons seem to be woke. But anyway, that's one issue. That's where the power of the wallet and the people's, um, people's consum- consumption of media determines what's on the media. Joe Rogan, um, uh, Will, uh, Tucker Carlson, these people are being sought after by the people in the street, everyday Australians and Americans. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that, that's coming, up, coming ahead podcasters are doing a, far, a fine job um mm. you've got you've got if you have <clears throat> a school principal is um is held accountable for what he's what he or she is doing to destroy the curriculum or the the schooling the education of children 
the parents need to get involved and, and hold them accountable and put pressure on them and put the pressure on the defense on the uh, education minister. Um, same with food, uh, same with politics. Stop voting for the tired old parties. You know, we have a habit in this country of voting for liberals and then well, when they screw things up, voting for the Labor Party, and when they screw things up, vote back for the liberals. Mm. But what we've seen, Kim, is when, when I was a boy 40, 50 years ago, it was 45% voted liberal, 45% voted Labor. And the 10% in the middle, they swung and they determined who was in government. Then it became 40%, 40%. Then it became 35, 35. In the 2019 election in, the, in Queensland for the Labor Party, 22% of people voted for the Labor Party, 22%. They only got one senator up instead of three. It used to be half and half. Now the Senate is increasingly, um, increasingly Greens and crossbench. And the Greens are an aberration, I believe, because people have not – people tend to vote for the Greens because they're, they're ideologically driven and they, people don't understand science these days. And the Greens pre pre pretend they've got the science, but they haven't. When people start seeing the damage the Greens are doing economically, uh, cost of living uh, and in so many areas, then they'll stop voting in Greens. But that's, that's what we have to go through because – the Greens, the Greens are not that much different from Labor and Liberal anyway, so the policies are, are, are almost identical. So what I'm saying is through that pain will come a change that's already underway in the voting patterns of Australians. I think one of the things that um, I love hearing you talk about is health because if we don't have a healthy community and a healthy country, um, both land and humans and animals, then we're not going to be thinking right. Um, we're not going to have the manpower or woman power in order to do the things that we need to do. And I don't see Liberal, Labor, Greens doing anything about the health of, of, of the human population here in Australia. So we've seen since 1964 a rise of 4% across the board chronic disease to now 48% of our kids having chronic disease. Nobody is talking about this. And what I loved about you, I, I listened to you on a podcast recently and you were talking about um, the all-cause mortality that's now happening at the moment. So not only do we have chronic disease, but we now seem to have a surge in deaths um, in the last 12 months. Was I right in hearing you say 40,000 ex excess deaths have happened? Did I hear you say that or did I get that number wrong? 2022, 40,000, more than 40,000 excess deaths. And and they came in, um, there's, there's a wonderful statistician called Wilson Sy. He's written two fabulous papers. I, I haven't got the titles with me. Um, well, he's written wonderful papers which show quite clearly the very, very close correlation between vaccine uh, injections. Sorry, they're not vaccines. They're experimental gene, gene therapy-based treatments, experimental, uh, between the, the injections that were given and the, on, and the onset of um, uh, deaths, excess deaths. Very clear. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. It's completely convincing. Uh, ben Bornstein has gone through the English data and the UK data and found similar things. We're now getting statisticians uh, confirming that kind of thing independently. So it, it's definitely there. But I, I think what, what the problem with, with health is that just like so many other things, the government has said, oh, don't worry about your health. Leave it to us. We'll take care of it for you. <laughs> and you can't have anything if you haven't got responsibility. So if, if you take responsibility for your health, you know this because you have taken it. It's quite clear. Um, the thing we've destroyed in our country is individual responsibility. People want the government to do things. That's a sure road to ruin. And the government's, what, what was that saying uh, about Big Pharma? How can you trust, how can you, how can you trust someone on your health that makes money out of your sickness? Yeah, yeah. Now, they said it more eloquently than I did, but that's, that's basically what's going on. And their model is to make you sick and then give you pharmaceutical drugs to make you better. And all they do is create more symptoms yeah. in most cases, not all cases. What I get really upset about is um, the prescribing benefits scheme as well as Medicare. So I'm someone who very rarely, unless I put something in my foot and I need it taken out by a doctor, which happened recently, um, I don't use Medicare, and I don't use the PBS. So I'm thinking, well, why in my tax dollar, I pay a heap to Medicare and a heap, you know, to the government for our health. 
why am I not getting a benefit for being someone who takes responsibility? There's no benefit in being healthy. I don't I, like there is on our own personal yeah, level. Is. That's what I mean. Yeah. But financially, because that's where it all is. If you think about the COVID vaccine, many people took it because they wanted to support their family. They didn't have work unless they had the vaccine. Many um, young couples who have a new baby have it vaccinated as because they will get government funding as opposed to not getting government funding. It's like they are financing the sick but not helping people who are taking responsibility. So how do we get the people, how would you get people to take responsibility and then get the benefits of that by maybe giving some tax breaks to them? And I know tax is a big one for you, so I'm hoping you can do that. <laughs> well, I think that's just distorting distorting the system to drive behaviours that that yeah. that I want. Okay, and I think that's wrong. Uh, I think we should have a very very simple taxation system that's not about manipulating people. Um, but we we also have another another side of things, and that, and that is that we're, we're government is kind of like an insurance company. All right, so if if we have massive um, natural disasters which we've had for many many years and mm. which were far bigger in the past in terms of the destruction the, the lives lives lost um then we rally around and support each other just like the communities used to in the past but um in the 19th century the community was a source of welfare the family was a source of welfare and it worked better because there was individual responsibility now we've got government and government goes to excess and government also then tries to look good, not do good, so that they can get voted and keep their power. It's all about control. So somewhere in the middle, you've got to have. A, we need to have a government that is compassionate and looks after looks after people, but doesn't take responsibility away from people. You see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. So um, if I think the best thing to do would be to simplify the tax system, make it completely neutral, uh, and then people would have more incentive to work. That have more incentive to save. That have more incentive to invest. They'd have more incentive to look after themselves health-wise because the best reward for looking after yourself health-wise is your health. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the tax breaks, which I, I'm sure you know. So, mm. Oh, uh, most but, definitely. And I don't think I'm manipulating. I think it's just consequences, really. <laughs> yeah, well, that we can dress it up any which way we can. <laughs> but, you know, you, you talked about the incidence of uh, government, uh, of families getting getting injections because I'm just checking someone looking at me through a window. Checking uh, families getting injections because they needed to put food on their child's table. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely inhuman mm -hmm. to say that I've got to get an intrusion into my body, some toxin that is, is still experimental, has not been tested, simply to so that my kids can eat. That's mm -hmm. inhuman. That's the stark reality of what government has become in this country. And Scott Morrison lied about the, the, the injection um, mandates, completely lied. Uh, and, and he was also the man that brought in injection mandates, drove them through the states, and he was the one who brought in um, basically injection mandates for childcare if you childcare subsidy. That's right. Uh, when he was minister for social services or treasurer in 2015, same mm -hmm. person did it. And he calls himself a Christian. Yeah, but let's not forget exactly. he would have done that out of the thinking that he was doing the right thing. He has a yeah, certain think... number of beliefs and values that align with that as his truth. Mm -hmm. And so what I love that you said at the very beginning, Senator, is that it really is about um, thinking differently. It is honouring the people that are really telling the truth, listening to things that aren't in the mainstream, and actually having a curious, questioning mind. Mm -hmm. I even suggest for everyone listening to our podcast, don't believe everything we say. I hope that we, Cindy and I, create a questioning society I personally have not got a degree at university and always thought that I was stupid for not having that. And yet I've always thought that a university degree was about creating more critical thinkers, more lateral thinkers, more open thinkers. And yet my understanding of the school system and the university system, and this is just a generalisation, is that you have to follow a certain number of criteria to pass an exam to then give yourself the degree. <laughs> And I just find that that is so different to the Steiner School philosophy, the Montessori philosophy, the open education homeschooling philosophy. Could I know we could talk to you forever, but is there anything you could say to the beautiful parent, the beautiful soul at home doing their absolute best to raise the next generation 
and to create us all to become better critical thinkers. How would you like to summarize everything that you're about for us in this show? I'd, I'd just say back yourself. Back yourself. Um, universities, are woke establishments now, um, there are so many figures that indicate that. Uh, the University of Queensland had injection mandates on on students who wanted to who wanted to study. Otherwise, they had to leave the university. People who'd studied spent three, four years getting a degree in nursing of all, all things, um, where they teach the what is it the um, oh, what, what is it called when you have to give permission to get some consent, 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 informed consent. Of course, the the nurses do that. Here they are. They must finish their practice, practical examination, practical work, um, and to do that, they must get an injection. Mm-hmm. They entered a contract with the university for for that said nothing about a con- nothing about an injections, forced experimental injection. Yet they had to do that. So universities have become destroyers of minds, not not uh, stimulators of minds. So that that's one thing I just say. But the whole of this thing is based. We, we've seen it's on wealth transfer, it's, it's on control, um, but under, underpinning it all, underpinning the whole thing is the anti-human push that started with the Club of Rome that's allied with the United Nations, with the World Economic Forum. And they say, you know, humans are evil, uncaring, irresponsible, greedy, so let us as government take care of you. Well, governments are made up of humans, so we're putting the wrong people in charge. So I would say, first of all, sift through all of that bullshit that says uh, that's anti-human, sift through all of that, recognize that you're a caring, wonderful person. We are all flawed in some way, big or small, but recognize that, do what we can about that. But I would suggest to any young mother and father, explore Montessori. But see, even there, Kim, um, I was educated in a Montessori uh, school in India and um, we put our kids through in a Montessori primary school, and if the high school had, had been there, we would have put them through that too. Montessori is wonderful. I've heard very good stuff about Steiner as well. Mm-hmm. The problem with Montessori, and I'm presuming Steiner, Steiner is that there's such breaks from conventional education. They're, they're back to basics. They're both based upon, upon the science of, of children developing. But it's very hard to get a teacher to drop their conventional practices and fit into Montessori school. Um, teachers think it's wonderful and they, they do that, but they find themselves going back to habits. So find yourself a really good Montessori school and then try and understand as much as, as possible about Montessori. But above all, Kim, when it comes to schooling, uh, try and homeschool because that's the only way you can, you can guarantee the, the standard of education. But then we've got a tax system that, that drives both parents to work. So who can homeschool? So it, it's a matter of sorting it. Yeah, there you go, if, if they've got one handy. Uh, but Ma- Maria Montessori, in my opinion, is the, is the most, was, she's dead now, but um, she's done by far the most comprehensive work of studying children and children and studying human behaviour, human development. I mean, she, she, she was just an incredibly talented woman, very, very objective, um, very disciplined, um, and, and she worked, she... I don't know if you've read some of her books. I've read a few of her books. They're so packed with information. It's hard to read, but they're wonderful. Um, And science is now confirming bits and pieces here and there, but she had the whole picture. And she said, the critical years for the formation of both character and intellect are birth to six. That's when the kids are at home. Mm. So it's, it's, it's it's the family. That's a critical thing, even more so than school. So just back yourself. Yeah. Back yourself. Trust yourself. Uh, Malcolm, on behalf of Kim and I, I want to thank you. Um, we could have asked you a million more questions. In actual fact, um, I've listened to you speak quite a few times live, once with Asima Holtra and the other time you were up here on the Sunshine Coast speaking at Majimba. So I've really enjoyed everything you've said and we are so honoured that you have decided to come on up for a chat and we will make sure that this podcast goes far and wide through not only Australia but throughout the world. So thank you very much. No, you're welcome and thank you for the invitation. And keep doing what you're doing is far more important than the mouthpiece media. The free, independent people's media is crucial. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.